You're listening to another Mariners podcast by the fans and for the fans with news and views on the Claret and Blues. Yeah, I know one man. Have a listen. Hi everybody, welcome to another edition of the Mariners podcast. Um, my name's Chris May, alongside me tonight um, are Ronnie Pete and our very special guest this evening, Mark Carruthers. Good evening, Mark. Good evening, thanks for having me. No, you're very, very welcome to the, mo- the wonders of modern technology. You join us live <laughs> from, <laughs> from Wall's End. <laughs> um, so everybody, um, welcome to the podcast. It's been a pretty eventful month since we last got round the table in September. Um, it's been, a, at first, a very, very um, comfortable month until we've hit um, this last 10 days or so. Um, since we last spoke to you all on the 27th of September, Shields have had six six league games and won the first four of them. And then they've had the audacity to go and um, not have a win in two, one draw, <laughs> one defeat. Um, in that time, 10 goals scored and five against. Um, ultimately, we find Shields top of the pile um, with a five-point advantage in the Northern Premier League, played 14 with 32 points. Now, at the start of the season, if anybody had asked us that after 14 games, South Shields would be top um, on 32 points, I dare say most, if not all, supporters would have taken the proverbial handoff. Um, Ronnie, um, it doesn't seem that way, does it? We're, we're five points clear, but over the last 10 days, the, what was a 10-point gap's gone down to five. There's been the odd moan on social media, like because we've had the audacity of not winning those yeah. two games yeah I think um, it, I think they also take it into account um, the Staley Bridge performance as well because mm. although we won 2-1 there yeah that was a bit of a smash and grab at the end with the last minute penalty yeah. and it wasn't a great performance but it had been a great game nonetheless it had been a great game I, th- I think what people might be doing is um, is because of last season um, when we did dip a little bit we, we, we were going on kind of Runs of games with losses, and I think people just might be worried that that might be happening again. But if you if you look at it in terms of the last month, we went on a great run. Mm-hmm. We, were, we were winning every game home and away. So we had a wobble at Witten, which we can go into, which we haven't quite recovered from. But I think that's probably all it is. Yeah, because if you if you look at the the FC United game, well, you you were at Buxton, weren't you, Ronnie? Were you at Buxton? No, I wasn't at Buxton. You were, but you were at FC. Yeah. Um, well, we both were at FC. Yeah. Um, and that first half was as good as I've seen for many a many a month. Yeah, it was the. I think it was one of the best away games I've been to. Yeah, the Shields definitely. The atmosphere was brilliant. The game under the floodlights with the big crowd away was was really good. Our performance in the first half, like you say, it was solid against a really good team. Mm-hmm. Um, every one of them did their job. We um, looked streets ahead of them. We looked streets ahead, and they they're a good team. And obviously. We, the good thing about that game as well is we took our chances. Yeah. And there's not very often you can say that about a Shields performance where we take all our chances because yeah. we do create and miss a hell of a lot of chances. Mm. Um, I think that was the game where Uda Lucy um, came in. And he made his debut, debut, yeah. And he looked a real handful mm-hmm. um, that day. Mm-hmm. Got himself about, looked good on the ball, looked like he had pace. Um Mind you, I don't think he's really shown very well, much since. I want to touch upon that, that later. Yeah. And Gilchrist, he's finished there at the end, showed his class. Jason very Gilchrist good. scores goals. Yeah. Um, Mark, um, in yeah. the summer, you um, when you heard of the signing of Jason Gilchrist, you were pretty 
pretty impressed with that. Um, Very. Uh, I, I border on surprised. I was <laughs> really uh, surprised. I, I just thought that he's, he's a striker who scored goals in the in the National League North. Yeah. Um, and I know there were a number of clubs, particularly in the Northwest, that were were looking for a striker. So it was a, a bit of a coup, and I still stand by that. that yeah. That's how Shields got him. Um, has he shown everything he can do? Yes. No. Mm. But I think in the coming weeks, particularly the run up to Christmas, when everything goes up a gear, I think uh, he'll come into his own. I, I think he's um, he is still the club's number one striker. He will remain that. And once he gets back fully fit and playing regularly, I think mm-hmm. it'll be the, the catalyst to, to take South Shields away from the rest of the uh, promotion contenders. One thing which we noted on Saturday in the game against Grantham was the fact that he, he started and he made... Uh, at least, at least five, six, you know, very telling runs off the ball, and not one, one teammate was able to see it. Um, and I, you'd like to think that with more game time and understanding that that would change. I just, I just had this horrible, horrible thought that he'll end up like another um, Luke Sullivan, who was another striker who played on the shoulder and made lots and lots of runs and, and Shields just couldn't find a way of getting him in the game. Um, that's why I'm being wide of the mark though, aren't I? I think, to be honest, it's probably more of a symptom of the fact that he hasn't had regular football. And yeah. Yes, you know, the lads do train day in, day out as a, as a heading towards a full-time with this new hybrid model, but mm-hmm. it's, it's totally different doing something on training ground and then doing it in a match day environment. Yeah. The more he plays up front on his own, or you know, with, with players around him, the more he makes these runs, the more people see him making these runs. Mm-hmm. It'll click. It will click for him. Yeah. Um, and and I think he's he's someone who can take this club to the next level. I yeah. think he's someone who is more than capable of doing that. And as I say, I think uh, once he hits form, uh, everything that's gone on over the last sort of six to eight weeks will, uh, or, or two months of the season, will be forgotten about, and he'll he'll be the one who'll yeah. uh, really carry the, the team forward. Yeah. What what I've noticed about. Gilchrist is, and, and he set the goal up on um, Saturday as well. He's just got such a calm head. Yeah. Regardless yeah. of where he is and the position in the box, outside the box, he tends to always pick the right choice. Our problem is, like you said, is we're not giving them the ball mm-hmm. in the right places it, it, it many times. Mm-hmm. Um, I think once we start finding that magic recipe to get him that ball, I think he's guaranteed goals because he's just so calm. Under pressure in, in them situations. Mark, did you know much about um, Sammy Odalusi? I mean, he's he's come to us from Halifax. Um, yeah, has had myriad clubs in such a short career. Um, did you have any? Have you ever seen any of them before? I'll be, I'll be honest. It's, it's a name that you saw around the, you know, around the scene. You'd, you'd see him scoring goals at various clubs and mentioned with. When he was at Bolton, uh, Coventry, places like that, but um, not not particularly. If I'm honest, it was something that caught me slightly unawares. Mm. Um, but looking at the early signs, I think there's there's obviously a player in there, and I think working under uh, two two coaches like Graham and, and Lee, I think he'll, he'll only get better. Yeah. Um, what sort of role he'll have in the team, I'm not too sure. Um, he may be someone that will. Um, for me, again, I can go back to Gilchrist, but I think he'll be in the number one striker mm-hmm. um, and Odalusi may work around him whether that's as a, as a number 10 or possibly out wide as well um, yeah. depending on what formation they choose to play but again looking at this this league and, and looking at the amount of competitions that the club are still in they're going to need a squad it's not a case of just having one striker to play up front they're going to need competition to drive everyone on uh, they're going to need uh, to rotate the squad throughout the season uh, whether 
going to be competing on on three separate fronts. So it's for me, it's it's an, it's an astute signing and someone who will only get better. But I mean, if if you don't mind me jumping back to the kind of bigger picture mm. um, and and how the season's gone so Not far, I think you said at the start, Chris, about the whole thing of if you had a said going into November that the club be sat five points clear. Yeah. Um, and you, you look at the, the defensive record, just nine goals conceded in 14 games, comfortably the best in the league. And we shouldn't forget this is on the back of trying to implement a new uh, system into the club with, the, the, as I say, the hybrid model. Um, this is with a lot of young players being implemented within that system. Yes. Uh, players moving from outside of the area. Uh, there's a, a lot of new signings being made over the summer. So I think we, we shouldn't get away from the fact that the club have had a very successful season so far, despite all this change going on in the background and I think uh, not just Graham and Lee but a lot of people in the club deserve credit for that it's um, the foundations have been laid for a, a really positive season uh, hopefully another ultimately successful season uh, but a one that can also go on and, and help the club build for, for another push up the pyramid Smashing Smashing Good to hear um, Odalusi um, comes with a professional pedigree um, one of the things that we noticed in his in the game against Staley Bridge um, was one or two elements of um, um, professionalism. professionalism, should we say. Um, Fain and injury. Um, I'd, like to th- I'd like to think that that'll be knocked out of him because after, after, you know, we had a right go at Farsley last year for their professionalism. It'll be, uh, it'll be ironic if we became known for that. Um, yeah. There was one, I think it might have been that game, or it might have been... I think it was that game. Him and Turnbull had a run and battle. Yeah, they did throughout the the whole match. They did. I think it. I think it was be, might have been because of that and the fact that he he wasn't the ball wasn't really sticking to him. Mm-hmm. And Turnbull was having a go at him, but um, Samney was having a go back at um, Turnbull, mm-hmm. and they were at each other. Well, at, the, at the end, they gave each other a hug and, and sorted it out. But I think. Uh, he might frustrate a lot of players and a lot of fans until he just learns, like Mark said, until he learns the yes. ropes and learns how he needs to play. Because he has it's a it's a far different animal to what he's been used to in the football league. Yeah, yeah. Um, now there's um, a lot of positives to come from such a great start to the campaign. Yes, there's been the little blip um, over the last ten days. Um, the game at Witten, Ronnie, you were there. Yep. Um, thoughts on that particular game? So my first uh, match experience there started badly when I when I ended up getting charged to park <laughs> just because I was a South Shields fan uh, and seeing Witten fans getting in for free, wow. which shot themselves in the foot really because yeah. I made a point of not buying anything in the ground. <laughs> and if I bought something at the ground, it would have equaled more than what I paid for the Can't parking. Pop. And I think others did that. Yeah. So that, that short-sightedness shot themselves in the foot really. But... As soon as I went to the ground, the first thing I noticed was um, how long the grass was. Yeah. It was very, very long. And I think they'd done that on purpose. And I think it, it kind of did affect us mm-hmm. in terms of the ball wasn't running freely. There was lots of bubbles. And um, we had a stinker of a day there. Um, even players that have been playing out their skin, like Boney and Hunter, had the shakiest games I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. So Hunter was kind of getting the balls he normally does along the ground to receive them. But he, he just, you could tell he was a little bit shocked at how much it was bobbling. Because yeah. he's used to playing on good pitches, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think um, Graham, said, Graham Fenton said at the end of the game as well, 
Bad day at the office. The best team won in Witten. The mm-hmm. best team did win. Yeah. It was a it was a terrible deal all round. Didn't start. Got we 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 got an equaliser, but we were never really going to win that because we just we just weren't playing very well. Because we conceded within three minutes of equalising. Yes. Which yeah. we haven't done all season. We've been rock yeah. solid. Yeah, but you know you have them games right. Every, you, you, before then we'd won pretty much every game we played. Yeah. Um, and it was just one of those days. Um, and you, you're going to have them, especially away from home in this league. But then you get the the next the home game Grantham. Um, you look at any you look at football at any level, and you look at games and you think Grantham at home. Mm-hmm. No, as we know, the Northern Premier League is a very very tough league. Um, anybody can beat anybody else on their day however Grantham at home is a game ordinarily where South Shields would think right three points yep Grantham had conceded seven ten days earlier yep um, and came to Mariners Park um, and didn't look seven goals worse than Shields no they um, they had a good game plan they made it a dull game and we made it a dull game mm-hmm. um, we missed a few chances in the first half we had a great crowd, by the way, over two thousand. And that's the worry, you know. You get two thousand yeah. people in, and it's a, even on a bad day like that. And uh... it was a missed opportunity to give that crowd an entertaining game. I think we were too slow on. We didn't break quick. We were too slow on the ball. We allowed Grantham. In fact, we give Grantham the chance to get back and reorganise because we were too slow on the ball and too slow, too, too many touches. We didn't use the, the width, especially when you've got um, the two big lads up front. We weren't getting wide to put crosses in, and those guys thrive on crosses. So, again, it's back to the point of the Gilchrist. Mm-hmm. Get the ball into him in the box, and he'll get goals. We're going, the only people that are going wide are Blair Adams, but even him, he's coming in now. Well, the, the, the key thing for me in the second half was the fact that the, the best cross from the left in the second half came from Phil Turnbull. Yes. When he he got in round the back, yeah, yeah. but the two fullbacks seemed kind of reticent and didn't want to... Yeah. Kind of come forward, Mark. I want to. I want to just touch on something with you. Um, yeah. Um, there's a few supporters have um, questioned the use of Craig Baxter in midfield. Um, clearly, back Backer was brought back um, into midfield because he needed minutes in his legs. Come back from a long-term injury. Jordan Hunter um, has made the right back slot his own, and so a midfield berth was the the, the way to get Backer back in um, but that kind of seems to just be continuing it doesn't seem to be as much of a of a uh, just a trial thing um, he, he's been starting in midfield um, has he played there before? Yeah he's played there in his career right. um, I, I think what you're looking at there is something that is just a result of, of good performances in midfield I was there for the um, the home game against Baseford and I thought he played very very well that day mm-hmm. Um I, th- I thought again. You, you look at Jordan Hunter. I totally agree. I think he's made that right back position his own now, and mm-hmm. uh, getting him on a deal until the end of the season is one of the, the best deals I've seen oh. in the Northeast Non-League game this season. I think he's uh, he's someone who I know John Shaw said on on the Northeast Non-League football show that he thinks uh, Jordan could go back to to Sunderland and, and really challenge for a, a starting place in their their lineup. Yeah. Um, and I don't think he's far short. I think he's got a lot to learn, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think he could do that. But yeah, going back to Craig, I think he brings a bit of experience in there. Yeah. Um, he's possibly a little bit more defensively minded, so he can sit and protect if he needs to and read the game. Um, so I don't think it's a, it's something they've stumbled upon. It's clearly something that's being worked upon in training. And, you know, Graham and Lee know their players better than anyone and they know what Craig Baxter can do. And mm-hmm. I think 
for the vast majority of the season that he's played in midfield, he's uh, he's done very well in that. Um, there's been one or two occasions where supporters and kind of we are some of them um, where you said you know he could he could read a game and play the defense. We've got Phil Turnbull doing exactly the same thing. So the, the, what, there were occasions on Saturday where the ball, the distribution of the ball was particularly slow, um, and things only really sped up somewhat when Adam Thurston came on for the for, for the final quarter. Um, so that, do you think? Um, playing Turnbull and Baxter together is just having maybe one too many? I don't think so. I think what you're probably looking at there is that Grantham have, have sat in and, and, and just done their jobs mm-hmm. and it's kind of it's made it difficult for, for South Shields. I think, again, I keep going back to the bigger picture, but I think it's always a good time when you have a, a bit of a blip to look at that. Yeah. You, over the last three, four years, this club's only known success. You know, even last season, and again, I go back to something John Shaw said that the club, um, a newly promoted club finishing second in the league, would be a success at any level. Yes. Um, and, and I think what happens then is when there are negatives, they tend to get blown up to, to proportions beyond what they actually deserve. Yeah. Uh, which I think is possible a little bit. I'm not trying to say everything's perfect. It's not clearly, but I think uh, you know a, a loss at Witten and a draw at home against uh, a, a battling. Grantham side is by no means the end of the world or saying all that things are going to implode Baxter and Turnbull know each other's game inside out because they've played together at Gateshead they know exactly what each other are going to do um, I don't think you can you can put any sort of blame or, or use them as a factor of why that result didn't go yeah. uh, in Shields' favour I think it's um, the, the two of them are good enough to, to know what they need to do on the pitch they've been there they've done it they're both very experienced did the ball need to move quicker? I can't really comment because it wasn't in the game. Yeah. But um, I'll, I'll, I'll bow to your superior knowledge on that one and say maybe it should have been. But you know, again, you've got to think from what I've seen and what I've seen the highlights. Grantham were more than happy to sit in and and try and absorb pressure. And sometimes you've just got to try and find a way through. And it's not it's not as easy as just find a way through. It's no. uh, I, I do think uh, that they, they are still trying to find a balance in midfield. Um, but obviously losing people like Luke Daly and I know obviously Nathan Lowe's been out and yeah. uh, and that's not not really helped at all. So there is a bit of a battle going on to try and find that balance and I'm sure Graham and Lee will find it over the coming weeks. Well, speaking of Luke Daly and Nathan Lowe, um, Nathan could well be back for Saturday. Um, yeah. Luke Daly, um, I've spoken to Luke, um, who is undergoing obviously very, very slow and steady um, uh, recovery from that injury um, potentially back at Christmas he thinks Christmas but Graham and I think Andy would probably be thinking maybe January-ish um, because then then of course Lee and Graham will have a selection problem massive selection problem yeah well you, you've got to think as well that they've got two youngsters out on loan who are doing very well at West Auckland as well mm. and, and particularly Aaron, Aaron Thompson someone I rate very highly I think oh we do I'd we do late. I've only seen him in, in sort of fleeting appearances but everything I've seen suggests that there is a bit of a player in there and I think someone who uh, the, you know Graham and, and Lee seem to, to rate very highly I think he could come back and make an impact at some point but again we go back to, to looking at the options that they've got available um, there aren't many better options in midfield than what they've got yeah. in the squad at the moment across the league and uh, there'll be a few a few managers be uh, envious of them so I think again I go back to finding that balance and I, I've got no doubt they will find that over the coming weeks. Yeah. 
I think from what I've seen in this league and what I've seen from our players, you need to have a little bit of mobility and energy in the midfield. And when we have Baxter, Turnbull and Briggs and when Law's not playing, we look a bit leggy. Mm-hmm. So I think when th- either Thurston or Daly and Law's playing... Or all three. Or all three or one of them or two of them, I feel like we can break teams down better because we move that ball fast. I just think... Briggs is a great player, but he hasn't got the he hasn't got great mobility. No, um, neither's Turnbull, neither's Baxter, and it's this is not like doom and gloom. It's just a slight improvement to make. What I observe is when the three of them are playing, sometimes they find it hard to break teams down. Where whereas you're right, when someone like Thurston comes down, he's got that energy. He can move quicker. Yeah. he can move behind the lines as well as in front of the play. It gives us an extra dimension. Um, and I, I've seen that against Grantham. I've also seen it in other matches. Um, it's horses for courses, right? It's good that we can bring Thurston on. I just think on Saturday we brought him on a bit too late. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But I think that was also Briggs. The Grantham game was probably Briggs' worst game mm. in a, probably in a calendar year. I, would, I can't yeah. remember him having a, no, a, a yeah. poorer game. Nothing, nothing came off for him. Yeah. Um, but you mentioned before there, those youngsters coming through, the academy are having... A fantastic season once again, and they've reached the first round of the FA Youth Cup, which um, is at home to Morecambe on uh, it's 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 on Wednesday night at Mariners Park. Um, and and Mark three three of those academy lads made their first team debuts in the Durham Challenge Cup against Wrighton. Um, have you have you seen any of these youngsters in action at all, Mark? I haven't, if I'm honest, but what I would say is going to, to Wrighton, who are absolutely flying at the moment, are, are probably the surprise package of the second division of the Northern League, mm-hmm. and, and playing on that pitch, I was there on Saturday, um, uh, and, and, and the pitch just deteriorated throughout the game, so I was thinking at one point that, that you know last night's game might have been in some danger, right. but going there and facing an experienced Wrighton side, and uh, one that's high in confidence, and getting that result and showing up well, and, you know, the youngsters making an impact the way they did, that all bodes well for their development in, in over the short term and long term. Mm. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of supporters genuinely excited by one or two of those lads. But an, another young lad who, who came to the club and has subsequently left um, is Jordan Ania now, um, the South Shields FC Brazil supporters branch, um, have asked us to discuss, because we asked... We put on Twitter if anybody has anything they would like us to discuss, um, then send a tweet and we would we would put it in and um, and, the, and and the Brazil branch have asked about Jordan in the uh, such a short spell at the club coming all the way from Cornwall, um, ultimately not lasting really a month. The, the 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 statement was put out that that they'd given them a month initially and just fell short of what they were expecting. That wasn't broadcast at the start when he'd been signed it wasn't said it was on an initial month I just wonder whether things just didn't go well on and off the pitch um, he struggled to make an impact in the games and I, I was thinking that he just needed like anyone that comes up from that from that distance mm-hmm. I was uh, just thinking that he would need a little bit of time to settle in Yeah, but he didn't really pull any trees up on the pitch and I'm assuming he didn't really in training because if you're training with that quality of player day in day out, you're gonna get found out mm. in that other level. Well, um, in um, 
in games that I saw him play, he seemed to play on the shoulder and, and, and could have, you know, it looked as though he could handle himself. Mm-hmm. But I did notice the last game that he took part in, he was substituted and he didn't look happy yeah. at all. I know you'd expect players to not be happy when they're being sub- but he didn't look happy at all. I wonder whether something's just uh, yeah. bubbled under the surface, maybe, and Perhaps. things haven't quite worked out. You'll never know, but... Um, so what happens at this level of football, right? It's, like it's, a, it's a brutal game, isn't it? <laughs> it's a brutal game. But, uh, um, so it is interesting. I, I just wonder whether it just it was a mutual agreement after things maybe didn't go well enough, um, and it's been a case of thanks, but no thanks. Let's, let's both parties move on. Yeah. Um, you, I mean, coming from Cornwall, Mark, you wouldn't have had any knowledge of him at all, would you? <laughs> no. I mean, again, when, when I was at Nunley Daily, when I was you know, looking at the, the country as a whole, you would see players that would regularly score, and he was always in that. But I think looking at what happened over that month, personally, I, I think the, the management team are now looking at players that can help win this league and uh, play at the next level up. And, yeah. and I think... It, you're seeing that with uh, Sammy coming in. Yeah. Uh, you've seen that with like Jason Gilchrist coming in, players like that. Um, perhaps they thought, yes, he could probably be a squad member for this season, but mm. is it not better to let him go and find another club now rather yeah. than keeping him hanging on and then and then having to go and get someone else in the summer, whereas they've let him go mm. and they've gone in and got a replacement straight away in Sammy. I think it's just a case of um, they didn't think he could take them on to the next level and he'd be nothing more than a squad player this season. Yeah, um, the, the Oda Lucy deal happened very quickly after that announcement it that did. went. So I wonder whether they've had that opportunities come up and they've thought, well, we've only got room for one striker. Yeah, which one will it be? And they've made the choice. Yeah, but I wonder if that was what it was. You might not be far off the mark there, Ronnie. Um, um, some other good news um, around the club over the last few days is the announcement of the selection of of of, um, of new vice presidents. Um, four of f- four um, individuals who have made such a massive, massive contribution to the club, both well on and off the field, particularly off the field, of course. Um, um, one in particular, you know, really stands out for me. That's Janet Davies. Um, Janet has been around the club um, since the Jack Clark Park days that I remember as a child on the little on the little tea table, pouring teas and coffees and giving out. Twixes and stuff, and she's still there, thirty-five years on. Um, no more deserving recipients, Mark. I guess from those new four vice presidents. Yeah, I thought they were just perfect picks, if I'm honest. And I think um, the way I'd look at this is, it's just so wonderful that the club are, are staying true to where you know everyone knows what happened in the, the recent history. It's wonderful that they are uh, rewarding people for helping them through such a challenging period where you know no one knew what was going to happen. Mm. Uh, to the club at that point when yeah. you know the Peter Lee days and what have you and um, the, the club have clearly light year, moved on light years from what happened back then uh, but it's nice to see that there's a recognition of those who really stuck by the club at, uh, at such a tough period Yeah, yeah um, One or two of those individuals are also members of the Supporters Alliance Now the Supporters Alliance held a, a Q&A with Lee and Graham on Friday night and then had the, the very pleasant surprise of having the chairman present at that too. Um, a lot of positives to come out of that Q&A, particularly the way um, uh, Jeff Thompson, Lee and Graham spoke. We weren't there, we're not Alliance members, but um, from what I've been told from those who were there that, that I had a conversation with, that it was very, very positive indeed, particularly the fact that 
um, it appears that the club are not um, throwing money here, there and everywhere. Um, talk that Lee and Graham, among others, um, took a pay cut in the summer. Um, and that the, 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 the playing budget um, is actually lower than last year. Which, considering we've gone to a, a hybrid full-time model, I find really difficult to understand. Mm. Um, but Mark, while we've got you with us this evening, um, is, is obviously you, you see so much non-league football at various levels. Is there still this perception that Shields are shelling money here, there and everywhere? Is, that, is there that perception still out there? Yeah, well, there's an example I could, I could give you that where... Um... I think the right manager, wait, the, the right Croker Albion manager, to use the full name, he uh, he praised South Shields for the vision that they've shown and, and held them up as an example of yes. how a club can develop. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that piece for the, the Gazette. Yes, uh, I saw it went that. out online, and one of the first replies was, "The money always helps." <laughs> um, which you know, it, it's it's like any business. You're not going to get a business started and off the ground by not putting investment into it. You've yeah. got to put a little bit in to get things going. And that's mm-hmm. what Jeff's done. He's got put some money in to get the club going. Uh, that's happened. And now they are heading towards, um, as we've said there, you know, everything's been running on a nice even keel. Mm-hmm. Um, there are development plans in place. Yes, they'll need money to, to, to develop the club off the pitch as well with, you know, the talks, the new stand and everything like that. Um, but again, no, no business moves forward without investment. And that's what Jeff's doing. But it will hit a stage, and I don't think it's too far away, where the club will be fully self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it does annoy me a little bit, but it annoys me right across the board when I hear uh, people going on about, oh, they've only won the league because they've done this, because they've spent this, because they've done that. Well, yeah. they're on, let's be honest, how, how many clubs really win a league without without spending money? No Absolutely. one just goes and wins a league without doing it. It's uh, You look at every club that's won the Northern League, uh, Barn possibly Dunstan to be fair to them mm-hmm. uh, last season there's not many clubs have, have done it on a, a shoestring budget No, I always laugh when, when people talk about the Premier League with, with Leicester winning it but forgetting the fact that they spent over 100 million like in the, in the last in the two seasons prior to that but um, mm-hmm. yeah I think there is to, to answer the question I think there is still a, an accusation a perception that uh, it is all down to the money that, that has been put in but I think that's slightly underplaying the fact that there are two very talented coaches in there mm-hmm. um, and the recruitment going far, far back to you know John King and what he did to get everything going um, the recruitment has been near perfect uh, across the board yes there's been some mistakes and it might have been a little bit scattergun at times but um, I, I think just purely putting it down to to the money is a bit of a slight on, on what's been a, a perfectly planned uh, progression. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one of the other um, questions or points that we've been asked to raise this evening um, came from Twitter. Um, I don't even know who this person is, to be honest, because his or her Twitter um, account name um, is just a load of squiggles and numbers. Mm-hmm. It looks like Ilié, maybe... Eight till eight, eight till eight. I don't know. Um, just about the supporters' alliance. Um, feeling that maybe it could and should be so much better. Mark, you won't know much about this, of course, um, being our neutral this evening. But um, the the for those who don't know, the supporters' alliance was basically brought into being after the the kind of breakdown of the of the old members' club. Um, 
and there's 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 feeling that it it could and should be so much better in in different ways. Um, because we're not members, Ronnie, we probably don't know that much about it. Um, but th- this particular person feels it hasn't really moved on at all from the old members club. Um, I mean, my view is that um, the minute you have a supporters group that is allied directly with a club or an entity, it kind of loses its kind of supporters value. Um, you become almost answerable to the to the club, and that's something that as a supporter I wouldn't want to be. Um, there are benefits, clear benefits of being a, a member of the of the alliance. The the discount on on beer um, uh, out of happy hour time zones, um, discount on merchandise, etc. Um, you get your loyalty uh, for tick for for big match tickets. Um, again, my own view. This is purely me. This is not. This is just personal. Um, I haven't joined. I don't. I've got my season ticket, and that's enough for me. Um, I don't need. I don't really want discount on beer because once you spend over fifty quid in the bar, you're then taking money out the club. Um, the way me and you go on, Ronnie, would cost the club thirty quid a week. I think we signed the last beer. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so no, I, um, the alliance um, is something that is very much club linked. Um, and therefore, rules and regulations have to be abided by. Um, some people might not like the way some of the individuals on the committee um, go about their business. That's their opinion as well. We don't know any more than that. What I will say is that the minute also you get committees involved, um, the word committee sends shivers through me. I've been on committees at sports clubs and things for the last 20 years, and they just frighten me. It, it, it opens cans of worms left, right and centre, egos come into it um, um, and we've all got egos no matter what anybody says we all have egos, we all have some things that we want more than others and, and, and might not want more than others so um, I, I, personally I'm not a fan of the alliance, um, I won't join, that's not the fact because I, I dislike it it's just the fact that I don't need to. I'm a season ticket holder and that'll do me nicely, thank you. Um, are there any... Mark, just actually, although you are the neutral on this, um, are there any other clubs out there in North East Non-League who have a similar kind of supporters group? Um, not that I can think of. Oh. I, I'm sure there are groups that you know do, do bits to help clubs and what have you and work alongside clubs, mm-hmm. but not, not to that extent that I can think of. No, no. because the, the question and answer session was... For alliance members only, it was like a, a members only event. Which again, you know, that's one of the benefits of being a member. But when you had sixty to seventy people for a question and answer with the two managers and the chairman, mm. that's a pretty poor turnout. When on a Friday night, you could possibly have trebled that and more. Um, so, uh, but no, um, not anti-alliance at all. But um, something that the minute you're linked to a club, the minute you've got committees. You're just wide open for um, all kinds of shenanigans that get personal, um, and, and that's the last thing that really, is, as a supporter, I want. I think it's personal choice. Um, personally, I've never been a member of anything mm. like that, um, but a lot of people like to do that, and it's kind of each to their own, really. Yeah. So, yeah. That's how I... so I hope we've answered that to a certain extent, but as non-members ourselves, we don't know the yeah. the intricacies of it. Um, but. Uh, 
we move on and Shields got a decent win at Wrighton and Crook Albion uh, in the Durham Challenge Cup. A home draw against Billingham Town. Any home draw in a cup in a cup competition is a good draw. Yep. Billingham Town, Mark, um, decent side? Yep. They are, yeah. Got a very good striker and Craig Hutchinson, someone yep. who scored a lot of goals um, over the last last three seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, will be a danger, a, a real danger. But they're, they're more than that. They're more than just one player. They've... Uh, Obviously, won Division Two of the Northern League last season, and they've coped very admirably uh, in in Division One as well. Um, I saw them at North Shields; probably wasn't the uh, the best game to watch because it finished nil nil. Mm-hmm. Um, so, couldn't really judge too much of that. But uh, any time I've seen them over the last couple of years, they, they look at a side that will trouble anyone. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they sat uh, just outside the the top six at the moment uh, in, in Division One. Uh, they're only saying that they're only four points off second place yeah. uh, which when you consider the calibre of sides above them the <laughs> likes of West Auckland um, uh, you know your Shildons your Concerts and mm-hmm. Stocktons it just shows how good a season the, that they are having and uh, they look organised they look disciplined um, and again like I say going forward they have some very very talented players including Hutchinson uh, but it's not it's not all about him they've got uh, yeah they'll, they'll be a threat they'll be a real threat mm. As will Staley Bridge in the FA Trophy. Um, a very good, although we've discussed that earlier, how that game against Staley Bridge was a real a, a quality game of football. It was two sides that went health, went at it. Um, it was really, really good game. Um, I was interested to, to listen to Graham's post-match interview after the Wrighton and Croker game where it appeared that just by listening to them, the club are going to take the FA Trophy very seriously. Mark, we we kind of naughtily, quite um, maybe yeah, naughtily suggested that we didn't do well against Cole in the FA Cup. Um, was that strategic? Um, that was probably a bit cynical, but but um, because of obviously clearly without having the FA Cup run, we've now played fourteen games when the likes of Morpeth have only played ten. Whitby have played ten. Um, but it sounds like the FA Trophy is something that um, the, that the management are very, very keen on. We've we've said previously uh, off air, but during conversations that the squad we have is more than capable of putting together a very, very good trophy run. Um, were we cynical to think that um, the FA Cup was kind of taken slightly differently? I think so. <laughs> um, I, I, I think. Um... It, the FA Cup, if we look at the finance side of it, the way yeah. the prize money's gone up this year, yeah. again, the fact that uh, a win against Cullen would have um, put the club within, what, two rounds of reaching the first round for the first time in, in a long time. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the, the club would have loved nothing better, and certainly Graham and Lee, as competitors, mm-hmm. uh, as managers that have known nothing but success in the, the time at the club, they would have mm-hmm. loved nothing better than to be walking out uh, on, on November the 9th facing uh, the sort of tie that Gateshead have got for example yes, um, absolutely. you know against an Oldham Athletic or getting uh, the sort of tie that Harrogate got and, and playing uh, Portsmouth at Mariners Park I'm fairly certain um, they would have loved nothing better so yeah I, I, if I'm honest I think it's um, it is uh, incredibly cynical <laughs> to, to suggest <laughs> that just, um, just mischief. <laughs> as notely as it was suggested but um, <laughs> Yeah, in terms of the FA Trophy, I'm always a little confused by the FA Trophy, I don't mind saying that. The mm-hmm. FA Vars is a big target for a lot of clubs up here. Um, 
the FA Cup, as I say, is always a target uh, in terms of having a good run to, to try and get to that first round. But the FA Trophy is a competition that I just never know what it is. I never know uh, until clubs get to the, say, quarterfinals, it never seems to be taken too seriously because the prize money is not brilliant. Yeah. Um, it's always one of those where if a, a, a Bed Victor League club gets drawn against a, a National League club, it, there tends to be very little chance of an upset. Yes. Um, it's it's a, it's a strange competition, and even to the extent when you watch the finals, they're never they're not normally great games. No. Um, so it's, but I, I think the club again looking at the the long term goals, they will want to to progress in the competition just to show clubs higher up the pyramid. Look, we are serious. We are yes. Um, we are looking to progress. Uh, yes, we didn't progress for the first time last year in terms of getting promoted, but there is something about us. So I think. Saturday, uh, the, the game is is very uh, very important for the club. It's very important to build the momentum uh, to take into the league as well. Um, so I think they'd love nothing better than have a little run in the trophy. Yes. Yep. yep. Um, one person who is more often than not off the radar for many many supporters is someone you know, Mark, um, and that's Brian Smith. Now, yes, Brian has been at South Shields for quite some time now um, and appears to be very, very popular around the playing staff. Um, but kind of does just go under the radar. You hear Lee and Graham when they're saying, or we've had the after-match um, interviews, oh, well, um, Graham, Brian and myself, or Lee, Brian and myself. Um, just what, in, in, using your experience of him, what what has he brought to Mariners Park? So Brian knows the game inside out. He, he's been around the non-league game. He knows the northeast non-league scene very well. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a good judge of player. Um, he's a, another voice. Um, we shouldn't forget how much Graham and, and Lee worked together, yeah. uh, particularly you know, before they, they became just first team managers. They obviously worked with the academy as well. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need a, a voice. Uh, to, to give an alternative opinion and I think that's what Brian will do um, he'll, he, he's, he knows the game tactically so he'll be able to offer a, another opinion tactically um, and he's just someone that can both rely on and as he said he's got a good bond with the players as well so they all get on with him mm-hmm. um, so he's, he's probably got a, a multifaceted role within the club um, I know that he's done a bit of scouting as well yeah. he's gone to watch potential signings he's gone to watch um uh, future opponents so he's, he's been put to good work uh, and he's, he's a good coach as well he, he knows his way around the coaching uh, um, the training pitch so um, he'll be doing a little bit of everything and he's someone who the big thing in a, in a club that is on the up is trust and I know for a fact that Graham uh, and Lee trust him implicitly Good um, there's no mistake in the fact that um, the big difference this year um, has been the defensive improvement. Um, will Brian have been part of that? Was he, was he a defender as a player? Yeah, as obviously was Lee picked in, I think, uh, and obviously Graham knows what it's like to come up against uh, defenders mm-hmm. that, that are well organised or defensive units that are well organised. Um, so they'll be a part of that. That will go down to uh, a lot of work on the training ground, and I think what we should say kind of going back to what we said a little bit earlier uh, a lot of people deserve credit for that when you think of the amount of disruption that that defensive line's had this season so you've had a new goalkeeper going in yeah. uh, you've had a, a, a new fullback in, in uh, Jordan Hunter you've had 
the, the John Shaw injury, so you've had Gary Brown coming in there uh, to, to replace him, to, to partner Dylan Moss. And I think uh, with having that many changes, uh, the, the lads behind the scenes and the, the players themselves deserve a lot of credit for what's been a fantastic start of the season as a defensive unit. Excellent. Um, so, we are more or less a quarter of the way through the season, um, just over a quarter, and things are bubbling very, very nicely for what should be a, a tremendous late autumn, early winter spell. Um, for those of you who weren't aware, um, the Lancaster home game, which was postponed earlier in the season, has been rearranged for Saturday the 2nd of November, so we can get our football fix, <laughs> and we won't have to go too long without a game. Um and so we're coming towards the end of um, yet another podcast. Um, thank you, everybody, for, for tuning in. Um, thank you to, to Ronnie, as always, for your incisive input. Thank you. And, and Mark, thanks very much for joining us all the way from uh, the leafy <laughs> suburbs of Wiles End. <laughs> thanks very much. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh... Not so sure about Leafy, but uh, it's, uh, yeah, thanks for having me. It's, no, been, uh, it's, been well, it's great to have you. It's great to have you. So, ladies and gentlemen, um, hope you've enjoyed another edition. We hope to um, have your company really soon. And as always, it's it's up the Mariners. So, from myself, Chris, Ronnie, and Mark, it's bye bye for now. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to this Mariners podcast. There'll be another one along soon. Before you can say Julio Arcan. <laughs>